Good evening. Good evening. And we'd like to welcome you to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. Let us uh, start our service in a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you. Thank you for an opportunity that we have to gather together tonight. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to, as we celebrate your birth. Father, we know that without the birth, our sins would not be paid as we think of the cross. We cannot forget Easter, Father. And we pray that we would remember that the babe that came in that manger, Father, not in the circumstance that anyone else would dream of, but he came to die so that we could have a relationship with you. And Father, we pray that you'd be with every part of this service, that you would get all honor, glory, and praise. And we pray that everything that is said, sung, and done would point to you and you alone. And Father, you prepare our hearts. As Father, so many times during this time of year, we just think of the pretty Christmas story. But Father, let us not forget you came to earth to die, and that, Father, because of this, we have a story to tell others. And we tell them the good news that you came to earth to save us from our sins. And we just thank you and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good evening, everyone. Think about the best Christmas gift you ever received. Think about the most expensive Christmas gift you ever received. Either one, best, most expensive. You got it? You thinking about it? Your best one? Most expensive one you ever received. Now, all of those combined cannot even begin to match the worth of what God gave us on that first Christmas. Jesus. And so let's rejoice that a Savior has been born. And let's stand together as we sing joy to the world. join with the angels and let's declare that Christ is born and that we are redeemed, that we have peace with God because of his grace showered down upon us. Oh, 
he came in such humble state as we remember his coming to earth to save you and me. And we are going to sing about that as we do Away in a Manger at this time. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Everyone. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And the word came flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's continue to sing about this wonderful gift given to us.
Well, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. <laughs> the gifts of Christmas is our theme this Christmas Eve together. And as uh, Pastor Anthon was alluding to your mind imagining the best gift you've ever received for Christmas or perhaps the most expensive gift, I too would let your mind wander just in your imagination. What was your favorite gift? And what was your favorite gift to give someone else? And what was your favorite Christmas gift to receive? And then, would you know why that was your favorite gift to receive, or why that was your favorite Christmas gift to give? Did it have to do with usefulness? Uh, did it have to do with endurance? Did it have to do with the love behind the selection? As was mentioned by Anthon, the greatest gift, the most precious gift, the most enduring gift that any of us will ever be given for any Christmas is the Lord Jesus Christ. The gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says this of him. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. When something is indescribable, often we'll say, I just don't know what to say. Or where do I begin? This one singular, timeless, enduring, eternal gift of Christ gathers up all the other possible gifts that heaven could give to believers and he is the personification. He is the culmination. He is the collection of all other gifts that God would want to give to us. There are some Russian wooden dolls that you may be acquainted with. They're called babushka mother dolls, and they are wooden dolls that nest inside of each other. And so in the 
largest babushka doll is other dolls graduating to be smaller and smaller in size, each one in the other. And these nesting Russian dolls with perhaps four smaller Russian dolls inside the one larger babushka doll are a bit of a word picture or an illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ and how all the other gifts that are most important to us as human beings are wrapped up in him. They're found in him and only and in him. And tonight we're going to have some candles represent the four gifts that come with Christ, and the white candle represents the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But let me just say that the candles we'll be seeing tonight and having lit tonight by Anna represent the gift in Christ of hope, the gift in Christ of love, the gift in Christ of joy, and the gift in Christ of peace. And so, as I say, each of these four gifts come to us only through the amazing, indescribable gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so, Anna's going to light first the hope candle. And as Anna's lighting the hope candle, I'd like to remind us that hope is defined by expectation plus desire. You have to have both an expectation and a desire to have hope. I may have the expectation that reckless, crazy driving in Nassau will increase with Christmas coming, but I don't want that to happen, so that's not hope. I don't have expectation plus desire. I just have expectation. On the other hand, I might have the desire to be six foot six, (laughs) but I don't expect that's going to happen, so that's not hope either. But what we have in Jesus Christ is we have many things we both desire and we can expect that Christ can give us. Let me give you some examples. Forgiveness. That's something surely we all desire, but we can expect that in Christ. For Jesus in his own words said to the woman caught in adultery, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? Neither do I condemn you. Go your way and from now on sin no more. Or what about rest? Who of us this Christmas Eve would not desire rest? Well, we can have a desire for rest and we can have the delivery of rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. For it was he who said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's Matthew 11 verse 28. Or what about purpose? Who of us would dare to try to live our lives without any purpose defined? We both desire a purpose, and we can expect that Jesus Christ gives us purposes for which to live. He said to those first followers of his, I will make you fishers of men, Matthew 4, verse 19. And then at the end of his earthly ministry, just prior to his ascension back to his Father in heaven, Jesus gave the uh, final purpose that we as his followers should have and still have, go and make disciples, Matthew 28, verse 18. Or what about resurrection? If we believe that our lives are only confined to the moment we draw our first breath and to the moment we breathe our last, and there's nothing beyond life on earth, then we are, of most people, pitiable. But we desire resurrection after we die, and we can expect resurrection after we die. Why? Because the Lord Jesus said in his own words, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. 25. Or what about the companionship 
of the Holy Spirit, that we would go through our Christian lives here on earth with a companion that sticks closer than any brother, a helper. We know that in Christ, we not only can desire the Holy Spirit, but we truly can expect him because Jesus said before the cross, he said, when the helper comes, the spirit of truth, he will bear witness of me. John 15, verse 26. And then the church, the desire to have brothers and sisters in Christ that encourage us and that we encourage, that support us and we support and pray with us and for us and carry out the purpose of Jesus Christ in this age. The church, we can desire that it would be and we can expect that it will be because Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And heaven, do we desire heaven? Yes, I believe we do. Can we expect heaven in Christ? Yes, we can because Jesus said in John 14, verse 2, before he went to the cross, the last meal he had with his followers, I go to prepare a place for you. Then there's after heaven, there's Christ's return. Is any of this all going to get sorted out? All of the sin and the inhumanity, man against man, the corruption, the violence, is it ever going to end? Yes, it's going to end because we can expect Jesus will return and we can desire Jesus to return. We can have hope for his return because he said in that same time with his disciples before the cross, and if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. Jesus' words. And so when you understand that desire plus expectation is hope, then the candle burns tonight because the Lord Jesus Christ is the giver of hope at all these various levels. Well, let's move from hope to the next gift that Jesus Christ gives us as believers, and it's love. Anna's lighting the second candle of love. Love, as you may know from other studies in the scriptures, is agape love. It's a Greek word, a certain kind of love. It's the highest kind of love. It's God's kind of love. It's unconditional love. It's... um, need-meeting love. Agape love is the love that discerns or figures out the greatest need in the one who is loved, and then it sacrifices to meet that need without concern for the cost or the payback. And surely that is God's love for us in Christ. It says in John 15, 13, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And of course, Jesus said that just hours before he actually did that, proving his love for his first disciples and proving his love for we who follow Christ all these centuries later. And then in Romans 8, 35, still on the topic of the love that comes to us from God in Christ, is who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tonight, uh, Christmas Eve 2019, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. There is no one who can separate you from the love of Christ. Love is the wonderful gift that comes with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope and love. And the third candle that Anna will light is for joy. The joy candle. I want to point out to us again that there's a difference between joy and happiness. You can have joy without happiness. Uh, Joy is not happiness but happiness because it's based on happenings. When we have pleasant happenings, we have happiness. But joy is not dependent on 
happenings that are pleasant. Joy is dependent upon Jesus. And so Paul in jail could write in Philippians to rejoice always. And he modeled that because he could rejoice always. Not that his circumstances were pleasant, but quite the contrary. They were unpleasant. But he chose that he could rejoice because he had his eyes on Jesus, who was with him in that imprisonment. And he was there because of his love for Jesus. And Jesus would see him through. And so it is with us. The joy candle is lit this Christmas Eve to remind us that the Savior gives us who love and trust him and obey him joy. Someone taught me young in my life that joy could be also defined as J for Jesus first, O for others second, and Y for yourself last. That's counterintuitive. That's not how the world without Christ thinks at all. But when we know Jesus and put him first in our affections and our decisions and priorities, then we can have that joy. We can live with Jesus first and with other people second, and with ourselves last. And when we do, we can have joy despite whatever our happenings might be good, pleasant, difficult. Joy comes through Jesus. Says, Jesus said before the cross in John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Jesus wants you to have his joy year-round And he wants the joy you have in him to be full joy, undiluted joy, boundless joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And dare I say it, that lasting joy is not found in a bank or in a bottle or in a bed, but it's found in the baby. And I'm so glad that Anna's lighting the peace candle. Thank you. Our fourth candle is peace. This is not a worldly peace. This is not a circumstantial peace either. This is God's peace, a peace that is sourced in Christ, a peace that is uh, sustained in Christ, a peace that is within the believer, but it's also a peace that is without the believer or around outside of us. It's a peace that is horizontal peace with other persons. And it's a peace that's a vertical peace. Jesus gives us these kinds of peace, not worldly peace, not circumstantial peace does Jesus give us, but he gives us God's peace, a peace within us, a peace outside of us, a peace horizontally with other people, and a peace vertically with God. And Jesus said again in the upper room before the cross, he said to his followers then, and by extension to us tonight, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And then in Colossians 3 verse 15, we are encouraged, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And so with these four candles lit, gifts of Christmas are before our attention And all of these four red candles are burning. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And they are sourced in Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then you can have hope and love and joy and peace. If you do not yet have Jesus Christ, 
then hope, love, joy, and peace at the most profound levels are not going to be possible. And so like a babushka Russian wooden doll and the dollies stack inside of each other, the Christmas gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace are nestled into the Lord Jesus. He is the one that makes all four of these wonderful gifts a reality for the believer in him. Which brings us to the very last candle, the very most important candle, the Christ candle, the the white candle that Anna lights, the Christ candle. The Christ candle, it's white because of Christ's purity. It represents Jesus' differentness, his deity, he is God. It represents Jesus Christ's holiness, his sinlessness. This white candle that burns in the middle represents Jesus Christ's ability to take our sins onto himself on the cross and yet remain white, remain pure, remain sinless. This white candle pictures that uh, when Jesus took our sins onto himself on the cross, that God's righteous wrath, the Father's wrath in punishment of our sins fell upon Jesus, although he was without sin. The white candle is precious. And as we look at the candles all burning, we see the gifts of Christmas, the four red candles flanking the large one white candle. We should point out that the white candle is the source of the burning four red candles. We should point out that the four red candles that flank the one Christ candle reminds us that Christ is the way to all true and genuine and lasting hope, love, joy, and peace. He is the one who gives these things. He is the one who keeps these things in our lives as we walk with him. And we can say of the Christ candle representing the the Lord Jesus, that Jesus came that first Christmas as the hope bringer, as the love provider, as the joy giver, and as the peacemaker. He came as the hope bringer. It says in Colossians 1 verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ is the hope bringer for the believer. Jesus Christ is also the love provider. It says in 1 John 4 verse 10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the satisfactory payment for our sins. Yes, love has been provided us in Jesus Christ. Jesus is also the joy giver. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One part of God's will for us as believers, we don't have to wonder about. It states plainly that God's will for each of us as followers of Jesus includes rejoice always, 
because Jesus is the joy giver. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the peacemaker, Jesus came the first Christmas to be the peacemaker. You recall in the storm on the Sea of Galilee when his disciples were fearful that they would drown in the waves and the winds. And they woke the Savior who was sleeping in the stern of the boat and asked them to save them because they were going to perish. And Jesus simply stood up and said to the storm, Peace, be still. And the record shows that immediately the wind died down to nothing and the waves leveled and all was well. So whatever storm you might have tonight, Jesus is the one who could be the peacemaker in that storm. Whatever storm you'll have before the end of the year, Jesus Christ is the peacemaker. Whatever storm you and I may face in 2020, Jesus is the peacemaker. When he speaks, even nature responds. Creation that he created by the word of his mouth responds to his command. And all of our circumstantial storms will do his bidding when he says, peace, be still, they will be. In a blog posted on a website called On Being with Krista Tippett, a writer shared a magical moment in her own family's journey through Advent. It's a beautiful picture which I'd like to share with you. She wrote, and I quote, last night Stella the youngest, loudest, and most kinetic person in our family sat mesmerized by a candle flame. It lit a soft, warm circle around her face and hands, slowly bowing back and forth. She stared in a rare moment of silence and then smiled. Look, she said with wonder-drenched wisdom, it's reaching for me. The light is trying to reach me. Tonight, as we come on Christmas Eve to worship the Lord Jesus, and we have lit the candles, candles of Advent, the white candle's flame is reaching to us. The Lord Jesus Christ, from the Father's right hand, is reaching for us tonight to meet us in our points of need to help us, to guide us, to forgive us, teach us, comfort us. And so what we're going to do is sing, O Holy Night. But after we do, I just want to let you know that I'm going to give opportunity for each of you from where you sit tonight to respond to the white light, to respond to the white Christ candle in ways that you may have need so as we're singing, O Holy Night, may we be prayerfully considering what the Lord has for us tonight and how he wants us to respond to him as he reaches out to us with his light tonight. Please stand with us. Thank you. 
joy of revelation from God is that uh, he, re- he expects and invites a response. God never reveals himself but for the purpose that we would understand him, understand his ways, and would respond. And so as we think of the candles that are burning uh, before us this evening, the Christ candle being preeminent, I just wonder if he is savior to each one of us here tonight. If he had, we have bowed the knee as the shepherds of old did who came from their fields after keeping watch over their flocks by night and bowed their knee to him in reverential trust and worship. I wonder if we're like the magi who came several weeks later and met him with gifts of gold and frankincense and more. And again, they bowed their knees in reverential uh, worship to him and in trust in him to be the king of all kings, as they were told uh, in the prophecies. And so if you would be here tonight and that Christ candle burns and you've come to see that this is the evening to trust him, then I'd like to help anyone who may be in that situation just from where you sit to make this your private 
prayer that God will hear. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming the first Christmas to be my Savior. Thank you that you have the answer to all of my questions and the forgiveness for all of my sins. And as the shepherds came to you, I come to you in faith tonight. And as the wise men came to you, I too come to you in faith tonight. I acknowledge that I need you as my Savior. I accept your love. I accept your sacrifice on the cross in my place. I believe that you live after death, Lord Jesus. You were resurrected. And I trust you and only you to be my Savior because you didn't remain a baby. You grew to be a sinless man, crucified at the age of 33 years old, found innocent by Roman law, but nonetheless crucified because of our sins. And I come to you, Lord Jesus, in faith, thanking you that it was your love for me and a world of sinners that kept you on the cross. You could have called 10,000 angels to rescue you, but because of your love for me and all the sinners here, you stayed on the cross. You obeyed your Father, and you made the salvation I'm accepting by faith in you tonight possible. If those are your prayers in your heart to God, he heard you, and I welcome you to God's family. For the believers who are bowed and the Christ candle, the white candle burns for us tonight, Christmas Eve. May we understand the vital nature of the Lord Jesus Christ by his indwelling Holy Spirit sourcing hope for us, love for us, joy for us and peace. May we understand that the Christ candle, the white candle, the largest candle, is the one that by virtue of the Holy Spirit being sent by him makes it possible for us to give out hope to a hopeless city, to give out love to a love-starved city, to display joy in a joyless city and to make for peace in a city that is so often without peace. We come to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you invite us. We thank you that the scriptures have told us that you came to be our Savior. And we come to you tonight on Christmas Eve in worship and gratitude and praise. And we pray these things. Lord Jesus, in your mighty and wonderful name together, amen. The ushers are now going to come and light their candles from the Advent wreath before us as we sing the Christmas carol, Silent Night, Holy Night, and we ask that you be particularly mindful of keeping the wax off of the 
chairs by all the pews. Um, but these lovely cup holders will do a good job in helping to prevent that from happening. Um, so let's worship the Lord as we continue in these moments together. Dearly Father, again, we recognize that you are great. You are awesome. And Father, as we hold these candles, 
let us not forget that you have called us to be a light in a dark world, that you have called us to bring hope and peace because we have a relationship with you. And Father, we pray that we, as we know you as our personal Savior, that we would remember to put you first, not just at Christmas time, but in everything that we do. Again, as we look ahead to 2020, that we would just remember and put you first, Father, and that you would be the center as we have been talking about. And Father, we know if you're in the center of our lives, you'll be in the center of everything around us, and that, Father, people will see that we have a relationship with you because of our good works, because we have this relationship. And Father, it's not because of good works that we are saved, but it's because of our relationship. And Father, I pray again that we would, again, keep Christ in every aspect of our lives and tell others about him. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God who commanded light to shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together as we sing our closing carol together. Go, tell it on the mountain that we would shine our light before others and they would bring glory. Our good works would bring glory to our Father in heaven.
Amen? Yes. So as you go out tonight, you may remember to shine the light of your good works before a watching world and let them know why you are shining and doing those good deeds because of Jesus Christ. You may extinguish your candles and as you leave tonight, you may leave in the foyer. There are some receptacles for these that you may leave the can extinguished candles in. So God bless you and all of you and yours. We pray that you would have a blessed Christmas.